Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Well, we're in a series here called Fresh, and um, I will never forget the summer that I met Ashley Sharp, who then just three years later would become Ashley Hawk. Yes, my beautiful wife. I'll never forget that summer, right? I was at this camp, and I was the camp pastor, and, and, and we would have about, you know, anywhere between 300 and 800-something little third graders through seventh graders, and they were coming to camp, and it was awesome. And, and Ashley Sharp at the time drove up in this white van, and, and she was going to be a chaperone of a group of kids that week of camp. And I remember I got done preaching, and her little sister who I think was a seventh grader at the time or sixth grader or something like that. She was at something that I'd preached at when I was in college, some uh, youth evangelism thing that I did. And and um, and she's like, hey, we need to go meet this guy. And then Ashley's like, okay, yeah, I guess we can do that, you know. And she comes up and 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 she is like, hey, I'm a little seventh grader. I'm Lauren. And I just, I, you preached at this one thing and this is my sister, Ashley. And, and she's going into her sophomore year at Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm like, I just graduated to college, but who are you? I need to get to know you. <laughs> I, I, I need to get your number, if you know what I mean. Like, um, and after that week of camp, I awkwardly asked for her number, you know, like, guys, you know, you know how, you know how we like to do it. We like to play it cool. You know, we're like, hey, man, yeah, you're pretty cool. Can I get your number? And, you know, maybe I'll give you a call, whatever, you know, we'll see. You know, and inside you're like, yes, please give me your number. Please give it to me. You know what I mean? That's the way I was. And, and I remember um, after that, I, I called her. I waited a day because you got to wait that day, right, guys? Come on. You can't be too eager. You got to leave them waiting a little bit. Come on. And so I waited a day, 24 hours. That's something. <laughs> and I remember I called her for the first time. And, and, and we talked for like an hour, hour and a half, you know. And, and I remember I was like, man, I think this girl is like literally the week after I met her, you're like, you are crazy. And I was, you know. And, and she was like, I just remember going, man, I'm going to marry this girl. I, I remember that. And, and, and then every single night for the rest of the summer at like 11 o'clock from or like 1030 to 12, whatever it was, I was calling Ashley. And I didn't care if I was going to get in trouble. Like, you know, some of the staff were like, well, you need to hang with us, Josh, because we're over here. And I'm like, man, dump y'all. I ain't never going to see you again. This girl is worth my time. She is worth my time. She is worth the conversation. I didn't want anything else at that moment. And then I remember I was supposed to go to seminary in Texas. Come on, Texans, where you at? You know, because you say Texas, and Texas people are like, Texas forever. I love you. Right? I remember I went to Texas last week. I called one of my friends from Texas. I said, do I sound more anointed right now? Because I'm in Texas, you know, because I know you think this is the Lord's land. But I was supposed to go to seminary in Texas, but Ashley was in Birmingham, Alabama. And so I did something that some people would say was dumb. <laughs> I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live, but I knew that Ashley was in Birmingham. And so I got my 1993 Isuzu Trooper. I still love that car. It was awesome, you know. And I packed that thing full, and I moved to Birmingham, Alabama. And I knew that I was either going to make, like, the biggest mistake of my life, or I was on my way to finding what I was hoping for, which was a wife. And then three years later, we got married, and, and now we have three beautiful children. And, and we've been married for, it'll be 13 years this year. And I've uh, been together for 16. What led me to do that, though? What led me to do that? It was hunger. 
I was hungry for something. I was desiring something. And it was the of utmost importance. And it led me to do something crazy. Well, I think it's time for us to have a hunger for love. I think it's time for us to do something crazy for love. Uh, T- Thomas Jefferson, he, he, he used to say this, if you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. See, I had never had that type of committed love, right? Like, I was never, like, that crazy. Like, every girl that I dated before, actually, I just got tired of it about nine months. I'm like, oh, man, I'm out. See ya. But it wasn't like that. That was one of the things that I was like, why do I just keep coming back to the same girl over and over and over? It does not matter. She can make me mad. She can do this and this and this, but I'm still here for some reason. And this was like, God was like, okay, well, there's a reason because I wanted you guys to, to, to get married and, 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 and bring all these amazing kids into the world and go plant this church in Nashville one day because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here right now. And, 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 and none of us, and, and then there would be like, like marriages. Has, did you know that like, hey, if you are a single single man or woman in here, you have a great chance of finding your future spouse in this church, okay? That's one reason why you should stay here, because, like, we've only been here for, like, three years, and I think there's eight people getting married from this church alone, okay? Come on. Like, that's pretty cool. So some of you are like, all right, I'm in. This is the Sunday that I finally commit. This is the Sunday that I'm planting my life at Fresh Church, now, where is she? Come on, I don't see her yet. God will bring her, baby, okay? But here's something that maybe some of you have never done before. Uh, here's something that maybe some of you have done before but you forgot about. Or here's something that maybe some of you guys need to do, and that is to put all of your hunger to go all in on Jesus through fasting and prayer. Through fasting and prayer. I believe that God wants to bring a freshness to your relationships this year in 2019. I believe that God wants to bring a freshness into your life. I believe that God wants to bring a freshness into this nation, into this city, into this community. And I believe that if we want the freshness of God in 2019, then we've got to be willing to possibly do something that we've never done before. And that is to fast and that is to pray and not just sing a song like nothing else matters and sing Christian karaoke, but to actually live it out. But to actually say, no, God, this is what I want more so than anything else. My hunger is for you because that's why I moved to Birmingham. That's why I did something stupid because I was so hungry for what I thought I was going to find. What is your hunger, your hunger level this morning for God? I want you to listen to some of the things that fasting will do. Fasting will break us and bring our faith to a new level. Fasting will bring miracles into our lives and into the lives of others. Fasting will set into motion things that you cannot see, but God wants to bring into your life. Did you know that there's some things that God is already planning for your life, but you're never going to receive it until you fast and pray? We read that in the story of Daniel. Daniel went on a 21-day fast. And, and there was literally angels that were battling. And the angels could not break through, the Bible says, until day 21 of the fast. And then the angel comes in and he speaks to Daniel. And he says, I was battling for 21 days in the spiritual realm. And you didn't even know it. But now, here I am right now because of your fasting and praying. What is going on in the spiritual world around you that you can't even see that God wants to bring a breakthrough in your life? But if you don't fast and you don't pray, then that breakthrough can't happen. Fasting reveals what controls us. Woo! That's a big one. Fasting allows us to glorify God over his gifts to us. There's some amazing gifts that are in your hand every single day. But how many of you are glorifying the gift instead of glorifying the God that gave you the gift? So why should we fast? I believe there's three main reasons. And the first one is this, because we follow the leader. We follow the leader. Write that down. The first reason we fast is because we follow the leader. Matthew chapter 9, 
verses 14 through 15, our leader, who is our leader? Jesus. Jesus is his name. Just say Jesus right now out loud, everybody. Just say Jesus. What a name. No sweeter name than Jesus, right? We sing that. There is no sweeter name than Jesus, but we follow the name of Jesus. The disciples of John the Baptist approached Jesus with this question. Why is it that we and the Pharisees fast regularly, but not your disciples? And Jesus replied, how can the sons of the bridal chamber grieve when the bridegroom is next to them? In other words, he's saying like, I am the bride. I am the groom. I am like, you don't fast during a wedding celebration. Like when true life is right there with you, the life of all men, God himself, you don't fast. You spend all of your time celebrating because he's with you. But the days of fasting will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, when he ascends into heaven, and then that's when we fast. And so Jesus said in this passage, he gave us the biblical principle for fasting. And so I believe that we should follow the leader and that we should go, okay, we are now going to fast because our leader told us to do that. I think that some of the reason why we don't fast and we don't do some of the things that Jesus wants us to do is because in this day and age, we have a hard time submitting our lives to anything or anyone. We want to tear down our leadership more so than than, than pray for our leadership. And let me tell you, there, there's leadership decisions that sometimes we should go, okay, yeah, we're going to question that. But, but, but how much more are we then praying for wisdom for that leader instead of just continually tearing them down? Because there's a lot of Christians that, that would say, okay, well, I don't like this or this or this. And you know what? This or this or this probably is wrong. But how did you accompany this and this and this with prayer for that leader that God would send the correct wisdom into that leader's life? I feel like one of the reasons why the local church isn't as powerful as it should be is because of our lack of submission to our leader, Jesus. When I read the New Testament, I don't see people talking about Scripture and, and uh, in the scripture, I don't see people talking about the church and just consuming the church. Like, like when I read the, the New Testament, I don't see people critiquing the church. I don't see people leaving the church. I don't see people just uprooting the church when they want to. I don't see people just wanting just to go deeper into themselves and submitting to their feelings and how they feel on any given day. With no real leadership in their life. No, no, no. When I read the New Testament, I see people risking. I, I see people loving. I see people giving. I see some people planting themselves into something deeper than themselves and submitting to that thing that they are planted in. They're submitted to the soil and they're submitted to the gardener. They're submitted to the shepherd. They're submitted to the one that knows that this is where life comes from. And his name is Jesus. So if Jesus says that we should fast and we should pray, then we should be submitted to the leadership of Jesus and go, okay, I'm in. It's like that old school game, right, that used to play on the playground called follow the leader. You get that one kid. He's like, I'm the leader. Come on, follow me. And then everybody else would be like, you going to the monkey bars? Okay, I'm going to the monkey bars. And then the leader, he would do the monkey bars. You're like, boom, 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 boom. You get there, and then you're there, out there. And then the kid's like, let's go to the side. Come on, you're following the leader. And then you go down the side. And then maybe we should just get back to that one song that was like back in the day a little bit. It's like, hey, where you go, I will go. What you do, I will do. What you say, I will say. Where you be, I will be, Jesus Whatever it is that you say for my life, I am going to totally submit to your way, and I am going to follow the leader. So the first reason why we should fast is because we should follow the leader. The second reason is to taste the bread of heaven. How many people in here, you like some bread? Right, you're like, you get to the restaurant, you're like, bread please, right now, my name is bread, right now, waiter, please, give me bread. That's the way I am. I get to a restaurant, and I'm like, where is the bread? You know? Go to Cracker Barrel, and you're like, hello, what do you want? Biscuits right now, please. Loveless Cafe, where's my biscuits? Come on, right now. I need some bread. I'm a bread fan. Do you not see? It's, I wear a T-shirt today. It says, I love bread. Please give me the bread right now. 
That's the way some of you guys are. You're like, I need bread. But I want you to think about this for a minute. Why did Jesus, why did God create us to want bread? Like in his sovereignty, God could have created us without a need for bread, without a need for any food, right? Like he could have been like, boom, Matt, there you go. I created you. You don't need food. But, but, but he didn't do that. He created us with a need for bread. And here's why I believe that he did that. I believe that he created us for a need for bread so that, one, that when we eat the bread, that we can remember the giver of the bread. But then, that two, that there should be times in our life when we put away the bread and focus on the true bread of heaven, Jesus And feast off the true bread of heaven, Jesus. Because here's what happens in our life. We get bread confused all the time. Some of us, we're like, oh, me, look at me. I'm eating my bread. It's awesome. Like, this bread is so good. And you just eat bread all the time. And you don't even think about it. Like, sometimes before a meal, you're just like, I don't know. Man, I just love me some bread. I just made me a sandwich. I'm not even remembering the giver of the bread because I just want to consume bread. Bread, bread, bread. Food, food, food. And you don't ever stop to think about the giver of the bread. But then there are other people that are like, oh, well, I'm going to fast and pray. Look at me. Look at my self-will. I can control, and I'm just going to focus on fasting. And and some of you are fasting for the wrong reasons. Some of you are fasting because you want to diet. And that's okay. Like, there are medical benefits for intermittent fasting. And that's cool. But fasting without prayer is just a diet. Fasting without prayer is just a diet. Fasting to just go, oh, look at me, it's not going to bring anything in your life. But fasting to go, oh, man, I'm putting away the bread of life so that I can then focus on the bread of heaven. That is where it is at. John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me, and you will never be hungry. There's moments in our lives where we need to actually live that verse out. Where we need to put away the bread. We need to put away the food. We need to put away the gift that God has given us of the bread so that we can come to him and literally experience him as the bread of life. John chapter 6 verse 33 says the bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give life to feed the world. John 6 chapter, or verse 48, it says, I am the true bread of life. So yes, he made bread for us to remember him while we are eating that bread and to experience him and to go, God, we give you all the glory for feeding us. That's why we pray before the meal so that we can remember the giver of the gift that we are about to eat. But then he also created bread so that he could get our attention, we put it away so that he can get our full attention on the creator of the bread. And then we start to live out Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, bread alone will not satisfy. But true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. See, this bread alone will not truly satisfy. There's times in your life where you go, I've got to put that away so I can focus on the true bread of life that will satisfy, that I will not experience hunger anymore. Because I need to focus on the spiritual bread that God wants to give me. Third reason we fast is because when we fast, write this down, when we fast, we give up the desirable for the more desirable. We give up the desirable. This bread is desirable. We give up the desirable, the Netflix, the social media. We give up the desirable for the more desirable. Desire. What a word. Turn to your neighbor and say desire. 
Turn to that other neighbor that you didn't choose and say, desire. Desire. Like, that's a, that's a cool word right there. And desire can make us do some wonderful things, right? But desire can also make us do some stupid things. Like, some of you are in debt because you desired a car that you could not afford. And, and, and you were like, oh, but I desire it. And, and then you saw it and you kept seeing it. Like, and especially nowadays, if you even type in a car, then watch out because every single time you get on Instagram, you're going to see that car. Over and over and over again. And marketers know that because that which you have your eye on, that which you desire, and you continue to desire it, then the next thing you know, it goes from Instagram, and then you're showing up at the car dealership, and, and, and then you get in it, and you're like, oh, I desire this. I desire this new car. I desire all of these things. And then you sit down with the salesman, and he's like, well, here it is. I mean, it's just this and this and this. And, and then you're like, well, I, I've, I've got to now get it because I desire it so much, even though I can't afford it. And the next thing you know you're in debt because of your desire. But desire can also be a good thing for you because desire for some of you, you got in that debt and then you said, I desire to get out of my debt and that's going to be my number one desire is focusing on getting out of my debt and you got to do everything that you can, but your desire was the thing that drove you to get out of debt and now you're not making stupid decisions on cars anymore because of your desire. Desire in relationships, it's a great thing, right? You meet that girl or you meet that guy and you're like, I desire to be with that person. And then you do that and it's great if that person is healthy. But if they're not and you desire an unhealthy person, you desire an unhealthy relationship, you desire the the wrong type of relationship, then that desire can lead you to making a stupid decision. And that's why there's a lot of heartache in relationships because we desire the wrong people sometimes. But at the other, on the other end of the table, though, some of you have desired the right relationships. And that's what has led you into where you are today. See, desire is a wonderful thing. Desire is not bad. Write this down. Misplaced desire. Misplaced desire is what is wrong. Let me say that again. Desire is not wrong. Misplaced desire is wrong. And so we always have to think about our desire. Is this desire misplaced or not? Misplaced desire will lead to a life of regret. Just ask Esau in the Old Testament. There's a story of two brothers, Esau and Jacob. Jacob was the mama's boy that stayed home. Esau was the hairy chest dude that's like, I'm going to go hunt. And it's going to be awesome. Give me my gun. I shall go and kill that. And he goes out. And he is hunting all day long. And he comes in. And he's hungry. He's desiring food. He's desiring something. And his desire is driving him. And he gets home. And his brother, that stupid brother Jacob. Mama's boy in the kitchen just happens to have his favorite bowl of stew. Jacob comes in. What's up, Esau? See my my stew here? It's so good. Man, you, you want some of this? He's like, yes, give me stew right now. He's like, sure, I'll give you some stew right now. You want some? Come on. You want this stew? It's really good. Yes, give it to me, Jacob. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, man. Put the gun away. Come on. Back off. It's Old Testament. They're outlaws back then, you know. And so it's like, uh, well, okay, well, here's the thing. If you want this stew, then you got to give me your blessing. The blessing was the number one thing that you wanted. It was a birthright that was given to the oldest. It meant that he would basically get everything. And because of misplaced desire, he said, fine, take it. And then he takes the stew and he's eating it all up. He's eating it all up and it's satisfying him at the moment. And then I I wonder if he was getting to the last bit of the stew and then it started to really sink in that his misplaced desire has going to totally strip him of his identity. 
of everything that he was supposed to be as the firstborn. He gave everything up for a bowl of stew. Because of his misplaced desire. I wonder how many of you are giving up the blessings of God because of misplaced desire in your life. In your financial situation. In your relational situations. In your church situations. In whatever it is. That's one of the reasons why we come to God and say, I don't want my desire to be misplaced in the things of the world. I want my desire to be focused on you. And so I'm going to give up some of the things that I desire for a while, for seven days, for three days, for 21 days, for 40 days, for whatever it is. I'm going to give up what I desire in the natural so that I can lean in to the things that you desire. Do you think that God actually desired Esau to give away his birthright? What are some of the things that God desires for you that you're never going to, to lean into those things that he desires for you if you don't give up the desirable for the more desirable? Fasting is what helps us to remember what we should truly desire, which is the eternal. We desire the eternal in our day-to-day relationships. We desire the eternal in our family. We desire the eternal in our jobs. We desire the eternal in our community. We desire the eternal in our body. Can I tell you that I've been fighting off like a bad sinus infection. Tuesday I had this like random blood pressure spike and all of these other things. And I believe that it's been spiritual warfare all week long. And last night at about 11.20 or I don't even know what it was, but I just prayed. I was like, Holy Spirit, you do what you can do because we are going into a time of fasting and prayer and I'm going to seek you over anything else God and I want you to come in and totally heal my body and I tell you it started from my toes all the way up through my body all of a sudden I started hearing a a hundred two hundred times Holy Spirit 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 and I can tell you I can breathe today I I couldn't even sing that last song yesterday at eight o'clock Couldn't even sing it. And I was down there singing it to the top of my lungs. Because I'm going, God, I'm going to set aside seven days of my life to totally seek you and to desire you. And so I believe that there's some of you in here today that you have some health problems that you've been battling uh, time and time and time and time again. And you need to come to God and go, I desire you and you are bigger than this and you're going to heal this. But if you don't fast, it's not going to happen. So let me ask you a question. Are you willing to give up what looks desirable for the more desirable? How do we do this? Our ushers have a document that I've made specifically for you guys this week. And so they're going to hand that out right now. So go ahead and start handing that out and just pass that out. Because I believe that this is going to be such a key for our church. I believe that breakthroughs are about to happen in our church. Let me say that again. I believe that breakthroughs are about to happen in our church. And so let's just go ahead, just pass these out, and and everybody just get one of these. And I want you to start following along because this is good stuff. God's about to do something in your life. Because we're going to look at specifically what is fasting. Okay? I've given you three reasons why we should fast, but what really is fasting and what is fasting not? Well, here's the first thing that you need to know. Fasting is not starving or dieting. Fasting is not starving or dieting. It's not just for the super committed or only on special occasions. Like some of you think that, oh my gosh, I just came to faith in Jesus, and now they're asking me to fast. Like, like that's for like the pastor that's been preaching for 20 years. No, it's for you. Fasting is simply refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. 
Fasting is normal, it's usual, and it's an expected part of the life of the believer. Like I said, we have to follow our leader. And our leader says this is supposed to be an expected part of the life of the believer. Do you get that? Jesus is going, I'm expecting you, if you follow me, to fast. Fasting must be accompanied with prayer or the, and the word, or it's just a diet. I already said that. But it's so true. Fasting and prayer is biblical. Almost all the significant biblical figures, I want you to listen to this. You see as a part of their life the practice of fasting and prayer. Jesus fasted for 40 days, as did Moses, Elijah, and Joshua. Daniel did a partial fast for 21 days. Paul fasted for at least 14 days. And Peter fasted for three days. So why should you pray and fast? And, and what should you pray and fast for? Well, the number one thing that you need in your life and I want in my life is God's momentum in my life. In 2019, do you not want God's momentum in your life? Do you not want God's momentum in your life? And so I want you to, it's something about the very first of the year, setting aside time to fast and pray that will set into motion things that will happen to you in November. In November. In December. And you're going to look back on this week, the seven days of prayer and fasting, and then go, that happened in my life because I gave up the desirable for the more desirable in 2019. That momentum happened. That healing happened. That prosperity happened. That vital relationship happened. His purpose for you was made clear. Some of you are in here and you're walking around in a fog right now. And you're like, should I do that? Should I do this? I don't know. Should I date that guy? Should I marry this person? Should I, should I go here? Should I move here and take that job? Like, God, I really need your purpose in my life. God, could you really show me what's next? Fast and pray. Fast and pray. The second thing that we should pray and fast for is the health and vibrancy of our church. This is so, I am like so ready for 6.30 tonight. I am so ready for 6.30 on Monday night. I am so ready for 6.30 on Tuesday night. I am so ready for 6.30 on Wednesday night. I am so ready for 6.30 on Thursday night. Why? Because I know that God is about to bring major breakthroughs and major victory to people that are sitting in this room because you take time to come and fast and pray together. Come on. Like, like, that should excite you, what God is getting ready to do. Because I know that God has major plans for fresh church and for his people. But here's my thing. I want this. Can I just say this as your pastor? The reason why I'm standing up here and taking a whole entire sermon on prayer and fasting is because this is not something that I want you to do for me. As the, your pastor... As the pastor of this church, I want this for you. I want this for you. I want this for me because I want breakthroughs in 2019. I want the miraculous to happen in my family in 2019. I want to look back on my life in November and go, that happened because I spent seven days of prayer and fasting. And so the vibrancy of our church depends on these seven days. I really believe that. Breakthroughs from fleshly or demonic opposition will be replaced by the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life if you fast and pray. The health of our communities, the leadership of our nation, the protection of our loved ones. I heard a story this week of this, this mom who... Her son had cancer. She decided to fast and pray for 21 days. And at the end of that 21 days, God totally protected that family. And a miraculous healing took place. And can I tell you in that situation, because some of you are like, well, what if God doesn't heal my family member? Well, God will always heal, even if that family member, it ends up in death. Because then the ultimate healing happens. Can I tell you that? That's the ultimate healing, is for me to be set free from the physical condition of this decaying, rotten body and go into my life with Jesus forever. But there are some moments where he does that healing right now so that he can get glory for that healing. 
And that happened during that fasting and praying. And if that mom had not fasted and prayed during that 21 days, would have that healing happened in that little boy's life? Some of you need to fast and pray for the protection of not only yourself, but for the protection of others. What are the benefits of fasting? Amazing spiritual sensitivity is normally associated with fasting and prayer. As your appetite is subdued, your spirit becomes more vital. The benefits of breakthrough. The benefits, prayer and fasting makes God's will in your life more plain in your life. So again, are you facing an important decision? This is a great time to turn your full attention to God. In the case of Queen Esther, a call and commitment to prayer and fasting spared her great agony. It says this in Esther chapter 4, verse 16. She says, go and gather together all the Jews. Because the Jews were facing possibly homicide, or genocide, excuse me, in this scripture right here. And, and she says, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or days. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it's against the law, I will go and see the king. And if I must die, I must die. But I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to believe that as you join in fasting and I join in fasting. See, that's why it's not enough for the pastor just to go, I'm going to get up here and fast for the church for seven days. No, 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 no. The pastor has to get up and go, I'm going to fast for seven days. You join me in fasting for seven days. And then let's see the breakthroughs that God will do in this city. Come on, church. It happened for Esther. All the people that were facing genocide after she fasted for three days. Then God brought the breakthrough in that story. It's a powerful spiritual weapon, fasting is. Satan doesn't know what to do when you do something different and biblical and powerful. Remember, it goes back to Thomas Jefferson. If you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. The reason why some of the enemy uh, and his strategies is working in your life is because you're doing the same things you've always done. This is something different. It's going to upset the norm. He's going to be like, hey, hey, what just happened to Nora? Like, uh, what, what, what? Like Paris? Like, what, what, what's going on here? The, the strategy isn't working. Come on, let's get back on our whiteboard. We got to go. Come on, we got to get something. And, and then, no, 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 no. The fasting and praying is working, and that's what's going to break some of the chains of the enemy off your life. How should I fast? There's a couple ways. You can do a full fast, which is abstinence of food for a specified number of days. So only intake is liquids, including fruit and vegetable juices. That's what I'm doing for three days. So you can pray for me because <laughs> this is going to be even new for me. I, I, I've done where I give up a meal. I've done where I've done this or this. But this is going to be the first time that I've, I've literally just done like three days of just nothing but water and juice and vegetable juice. And then I'm going to do a modified fast, which is featuring a shorter period of complete fasting. Uh, perhaps for one or three days, followed by the Daniel fast. A Daniel fast is an elimination of meat and breads and sweets. Maybe that's where you need to start. A strategic fast of certain foods, no sugar, which will accomplish the, person, uh, the purpose of heightening your sensitivity to the Lord. And, and this is what I want to tell you. Fasting from social media, TV, all those things, like people like in this day and age are like, man, I'm just going to fast from social media for the next seven days. Great. But when you're fasting, you should already just be trying to do everything that you can just to focus in on the Lord. So that's kind of should be a given that you're going, I'm going to get off of social media for a week. I'm going to get off of Netflix for a week. I'm going to get off of whatever that is. And so fasting in its purest biblical sense, though, and, and it is food. One of my buddies, they're doing a fast down in Texas, and he had this member of his church come up to him, and he said, hey, what are you fasting for? And he looked his pastor straight up, and he goes, arguing with my wife. For 21 days, we ain't going to argue. I'm going to fast from that. How about that, pastor? He was dead serious. <laughs> Not a fast. A biblical fast is to fast from fast food. Come on, see what I did there? Come on. It is giving up the bread of heaven to focus on the giver of that bread from heaven. Do you see that? And so I want to encourage you, whether you do a six to six fast 
whether you go, I'm just going to fast for one meal. Listen, you don't, you don't got to start off being a Superman, right? Like, I'm going to fast only water for the next seven days. You're going to die. How about that? <laughs> like, don't do that. All right? Be smart about it. And there's no, like, what's the duration? There's no right length of time. But the leadership of the church is going, hey, we want to ask you to commit to seven days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to come alongside you, and we're going to have these services from 630 to 730. And there's going to be child care every single night. So, parents, you can bring your kids, and they're going to be strategic in praying, too. It's so awesome. We've already got prayer requests for the kids to fill out so that we can come in here and pray their request as well. How awesome is that? We're going to be teaching them that. That's incredible. Some of you say, well, uh, medically, I, I can't fast from food. And that's when you just go, okay, well, I, I still need to eat medically. That's cool. Do that. But I'm going to focus all my attention. And that's when, of course, you just go all in and go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give up the social media. Uh, I'm going to give up the Netflix. I'm going to give up something. You, you know what I mean? The critical factor would be to make a sacrifice that gets your attention to turn your attention to God. Here's a couple tips. Drink a lot of water every day. Start with a time frame and a chosen fast to which you can commit. And again, don't try to set the world record for, for a fast for your first time. And then here's what you need to know. Fasting is wearisome. You're going to get to day two. You're going to get to day three of a Daniel fast. You're going to get to day two of your Jews fast. You're going to get to day four of your fast, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, I need to get on social media right now. I need to eat something right now. Thank you, pizza. That's one of the reasons why you should probably not watch TV during a fast. Or social media, because somebody else out there is like, oh, look at what I got at Pinewood Social today. This is so delicious. Oh, this avocado toast is amazing. And you're like, I hate you. I'm supposed to be praising God, but I don't like you right now because I'm fasting and I'm angry. And, you're, and you'll get hangry. And when you do, that's when you've got to focus your attention on the bread of heaven. And go, this is why I'm giving this up. That's when you get the word. That's when you pray. That's when you go, I cannot wait to get to church at 6.30 tonight. Because here's why, uh, what you need to know, um, too. The, the reason why we are doing this uh, multiplied fasting is because multiplied fasting in prayer is multiplied power being released into humanity. Come on. Multiplied fasting and prayer is multiplied power being released into humanity. You know what I love? As a pastor, I have never seen more churches all over America going, we're going to do a prayer and fasting for 21 days or for seven days or for three days. I've never seen it as a pastor. And do you know all the things that could possibly be unlocked because there is a local churches, not just here in Nashville, but when you come on um, at 630, when you are fasting at your home, then you're joining in multiplied fasting, multiplied prayer, and you're unlocking things all over humanity because of your commitment to do that. Man, are you guys getting this? Because some of y'all just feel like, it's like I'm sorry, I, feel, man, I feel like I'm preaching good, and some of you are like, I don't know about this. Come on. Like, I'm so excited about it. So let me ask you three questions as the band comes back up. First question is this. Are you willing to give up the desirable for the desirable for a week? Close your eyes. Ask God that. Come on, church. Go all in.
Do you want a low commitment level to God? Would any of us get married to somebody that just goes, hey, I'm committed to you five days of the week. But two days of the week, I'm going to go out and do whatever I want. You're like, I'm out. As the pastor of Fresh Church in Nashville, Tennessee, I believe that God has sent me here today to ask some of you to go, what are you really committed to? Will you pray? Will you fast for seven days? Will you give up the desirable so that you could find the more desirable? What bread do you really want to taste? Do you really want to taste the bread of heaven? This is your chance over the next seven days to experience the bread of heaven like you've never experienced it before. Will you follow the leader who fasted for 40 days, who told us that when he goes to heaven that we are to fast and that we are to pray? Last night I was reading in the Word in Psalms 84. And this is not going to be up here because I, I just threw it in here. But I want you just to listen to these words. The psalmist writes, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns. Is your soul hungry for God? Have you ever experienced it where you're like, I'm just Hungry for you, for the supernatural, not the natural. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord, for the place where all the people of Israel would gather and sing God's praise. And we're going to sing at 6.30 every night. And we're going to pray at 6.30 every night. And there's going to be some word every night. It's going to help you to give up the desirable that's why we do it, not just so we can go, well, let's just have church service. It's like, no, we know we want to help you. We want to help build your life in this. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Maybe this will be the first time in your life that not only your heart cries out for God, but your flesh cries out for God. Because you give up the desirable. For the more desirable. Do you want a freshness in your life like you've never had before? If so, it's time to fast. If so, it's time to pray. Put away the excuses. Parents, the reason why we start at 6.30 instead of 7 like we normally would is so that you could get here and bring your kids. So take advantage of it. And if you're in here, and you want to come and you want to help, every single night at 5.30, we're going to need help flipping this space. So we need some volunteers to help with that. So if you're in, go to the welcome spot and say, hey, I'm in. I want to come and help to make this happen. Invite some friends. It's going to be a powerful, powerful nights of worship and prayer. God, I pray right now for every single person here. Lord, as we're getting ready to, to go into this song, as the pastor of the church, I, I, I want you to go, God, seek my heart. Test me, try me. See if there's anything unpure in me. And then reveal that. Sometimes that will only be revealed when you fast and pray and worship. And so as we sing this song, I, I, I really, I want you to sing it if you will commit 
to this seven days of fasting and prayer. Whatever that looks like for you. Whatever that looks like for you. And commit to coming. Commit to bringing people. Commit to these seven days. Go all in. Some of you that played sports, there was a coach in your life that said, I need you to commit to practice every single day. And you came because you wanted to be a part of the team. And then some of us get mad at pastors that say, hey, I want you to commit to coming every single night. I I want you to commit to that. And if you can't come, then commit to the fasting. We're even going to have it on Instagram every night. But just because we have it on Instagram, don't substitute that for the actual experience. Because there's something when multiplied prayer happens, when multiplied fasting happens together, when we gather together and the psalmist says, sing, shout to the Lord a victory song. Oh, God, use us. Move in our hearts this week. God, I pray that breakthrough would happen in so many lives. I pray that healing would happen. I pray that victory would happen. I pray that this would not be just another thing that we did at the church, just another thing that's on the Instagram, and well, we got to go. No, 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 no. It is something that will bring significant change, that will shift and that, that many prayers will be answered and the vibrancy of fresh church would begin to, to bloom in a way that we've never seen it. Because your people who would cry out your name would come together and seek your face. And Lord, you would heal our land because of it. So commit to being called up in his presence. And sing that out to a holy God.